Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. LeBron James is at it again. It appears the Boston Celtics are at it again as well. And are we nearing the dates where Justin Fields finally moves out of Chicago? We discussed that and so much more as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. But I would argue, Brian, no that it would be difficult to find two bigger college football fans on this network hmm. than you or me. There's some that are equal, but I would have a tough time maybe finding someone who loves college football more than you and I. And we come out on completely opposite ends of the spectrum in one of the biggest stories in sports this week. And that's not just the 14-team buy being proposed for the college football playoff, but it's the first-round buys that could possibly be headed to the SEC in the Big Ten. Good afternoon. Happy Sunday to you, Brian. No. Same to you, Dan Beyer. I'm happy to be here with you. And this is, we are on polar opposite ends on this issue. And it sounds like we're first taking it here. You know what I mean? Like, you take this position, I take that position. No, that's how we honestly feel about the first round buys. We are on completely opposite ends of the table here. And the news that came out this week were that the SEC and the Big Ten were saying, hey, if we're going to have first round buys, then they should go to the champions of our conference. And now you're getting pushback from the ACC and pushback from the Big 12 and Heck, maybe even pushback from the group of five and pushback from Brian No, who wants absolutely nothing to do with it. And I actually think it's really the only fair thing to do in this new world of college football that sooner or later, people are going to have to accept that this is what it is. And just the SEC and the Big Ten are so stacked right now in entering the upcoming season that if you look ahead and you look down the road, there is no way that you can argue that the SEC and Big Ten are even close to the other conferences, so they should be getting first-round buys. Again, it's actually something that makes sense. I might not love the 14-team bracket, but let's be real here. The SEC and the Big Ten are going to be light years ahead of these other conferences and deserve a first-round buy if it does go to 14 teams. Okay, the first thing I think of is where do I slot among everything else that you mentioned? You know, am I – like the Big 12 is over me, but I'm, am I slightly ahead of 
the group of five in terms of my annoying voice just banging the table like, no, this is stupid here. I I go to a quote from Mike Gundy, head coach of Oklahoma State, and I love how he said this. He says, quote, a playoff format that guarantees a first-round bye to any team, division, or conference before the season starts is unheard of in any sport as far as I'm aware. Based on the premise proposed, a team could be undefeated and ranked number one in the country and still not receive a first-round bye because teams were awarded one before the season even began? It's like, end quote, yes, Mike Gundy, absolutely. Shout out to you and your mullet. He is right on... (laughs) He's uh, on top of this he's one. He's so day. wrong, though. He's missing the point. Like, I don't understand why. If more times than not, you would have an SEC team or a Big Ten team earn the first round by, why would that need to be predetermined? Just earn it on your own. Why, why is that slotted? Can you imagine if we did this in the NFL? Well, what if they said before a season, hey, whoever wins the AFC West, you get a bye. And whoever wins the NFC East, you guys get a bye. And then it'd be like, well, the Niners, they actually have the best record in 2024 in the NFC. That doesn't matter. We already predetermined that the winner of the NFC East would get the bye. That makes no sense. Should I believe there's no chance at all? There are years, Brian, though, where there are two top teams in a conference. And one of those teams is the second seed in the AFC and would have to play a first-round game while someone in the NFC, guess what, gets a first-round bye, and it's because of the conference that they are in. Like, there are parallels. Mike Gundy doesn't realize that there's an actual parallel to what he's talking about. He's mad that this would be predetermined. It would be be predetermined that the Big 12 gets two automatic qualifiers in the bracket before the season even begins. Like, that sounds absurd. The Big 12, no matter how crappy your conference may be, you're not only going to get one with a champion, but you're also going to get another team in there. When the SEC or the Big 10 may have five or six schools better than the second team, second best team in the Big 12, they're already predetermining things. So it's not a new thing. It's not that they're making it up. That's where Gundy's point is off. And in the NFL, you could have two of the best teams in the NFL, Colts and Patriots, you know, for years, Manning against Brady. Well, guess what? If it was under this format, one of them would have had to have had a first-round opponent because the team in the NFC that had the best record got a bye because that's what's set up. That's all that the, the, the Big Ten of the SEC are going to be light years ahead. And if you have a conference where you have a 12-1 and team or in the Big Ten or SEC, their schedule is going to be so much better than what would be a Florida State scenario that we have to face, the unbeaten scenario that, that Mike Gundy talks about, that's what they're trying to avoid is, well, look at the zero in our loss column. Well, you only played Clemson this year. Well, that's you got to earn it. You got to earn it. Last year, Washington was number two, like going into the college football mm-hmm. playoff. That was a Pac-12 school. That was a non-Big Ten, non-SEC school. And under this proposed format of like automatic buys, they they wouldn't have gotten a buy. So the number two ranked team wouldn't have gotten a buy that goes to the top two teams. That makes no sense. The NFL, they don't have predetermined buys. You earn it. Like that's the thing. If the SEC and the Big Ten have a representative that earns it, great. Have at it. But to determine that before the season as if what, Florida State couldn't be number one or number two. Clemson couldn't be number one, number two. 
go on and on they of can't. the teams that could be up there. They like can't. they can't earn a bye even though no. they're ranked number one. That's and, that makes zero sense. And, and the reason that they can't is like it or not, it's what college football is. When you have the Big Ten and the SEC so stacked, and you even mentioned this bracket, what do the, what do the four teams that made the playoff this past season now have in common? They'll either be in the Big Ten or the SEC. And and, and, and the gaps that were between the Pac-12 and the ACC and the SEC uh, over the past years were, were, I don't want to say negligible, but you could argue there was a point where we thought maybe the Pac-12 was the best conference in football this past year. Well, now you lose USC, Oregon, and Washington, and then UCLA, to the Big Ten. The Big 12's champion was Texas. They now go to the SEC. There's just no way that you could take those losses of those schools. And I love Utah. I love what Kyle Whittingham has done. Uh, Arizona's obviously going under some change with Jed Fish no longer there, but they had a great season last year. Them going to the Big 12 and Deion Sanders coming in is not enough to close the gap that the SEC and the Big Ten have made by the additions of those schools. I don't know why you want to predetermine that, though. And that's the thing is, if you look at the SEC or the Big Ten, it's impressive the top teams that they have. But they still have teams that are in the middle. They still have bottom feeders. You could pick any school you want in either conference. They don't play the best of the best the conference has to offer from top to bottom. They've got some middle-tier opponents. They've got some bottom feeder opponents. And it's going to be comparable to the schedules that other teams play in other conferences, not named the Big Ten or the SEC. So play it out and earn it. Don't have anything predetermined. Do you think that the ACC then would say, all right, uh, we will do away with our automatic qualifying bids because we want the opportunity for our potential champ to to get a first-round buy? I don't know what they would say, but I know that I, I you can you have your cake say. and eat it too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this idea that we should just go along with the predetermined first round buys. I'll tell you this, Dan, I'll meet you slightly halfway. It sounds like we might be on the same page, maybe on this one. I hate that in this 14 team playoff format, we would have 11 automatic qualifying spots. We'd only have three at large bids. Mm-hmm. And regardless of the conference, it could be whatever, Big 12, could be Big 10, like to automatically qualify two or three teams, depending on your conference. What if you don't have a team that's in the top 14 and you automatically get a seat at the table? I don't like that yeah, either. That's L- Louisville in the ACC this past year. You know, they play in the ACC championship game. And that's the question. Like, does the ACC, would the ACC want to risk only having one team, maybe being their numero uno, 13-0 and squad, getting that first round by, or would they rather have two institutions automatically be placed in the bracket? And I think that's what the Big Ten and the SEC are saying, is they're saying, listen, the gaps between our leagues and their other leagues are significant. We are we 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 understand that that if we're gonna give them two automatic qualifiers per league that we at least need something a little bit more because there could be a Michigan, Ohio State, Washington scenario, and here's Oregon sitting there, and they watch Louisville get into the bracket instead of the Ducks because you know the, like that could play out, or Oregon and a Penn State because now you're also competing with other SEC teams. The that's where Gundy was wrong in this in saying that this has never happened before, but it's actually happening within the bracket. To your point, Brian, they should just take the 14 best teams. And if you wanted to keep one from the group of five, 
then then move that in. But when you start assigning automatic qualifiers, you're then limiting the power of the actual powers in college football. And I, I, I don't know if people are just so anti against the 14. I know you and I don't love it, but it's yeah. the reality of what college football is, is there is just going to be a huge, enormous gap between what the SEC and the Big Ten provide and the ACC and the Big 12. And and that's where I, I actually think the Big Ten and the SEC are like, you got to at least give us this. If we're allowing you guys for automatic spots, and maybe two of those would already be earned, but they're sacrificing other things. They want something off the top. And if it's the top two seeds, I think it's only fair for how far ahead those two leagues are going to be past these other conferences. I hate all all of this and i love college football dan i would if we're going to 12 teams we've talked about this i'll give you the cliff notes version i would like to see the five and seven model and they have that (laughs) that's what we have for two years and i would love to see home games throughout the playoffs except the title game just like the nfl that would be amazing to have every game at a home stadium way better than a neutral site in the the semifinal round or what have you right i would love that if we expand it to 14, because we got to have more money, more money, more money. If you had a five plus nine, I'd much rather have that. I'd rather have five spots. You win your conference. Okay, you get a seat there. And, uh, you know, we have nine automatic, yeah. uh, uh, like nine at-large bids. Earn your way in there. I, don't, I hate this. And I don't think that the Big 12 or ACC want that because they are – look at what happened to Florida State. Right, I mean, yeah. you lose Jordan Travis, and I know this is not to say that the Big Twelve or ACC will have, you know, to lose their starting quarterback. But another reason what was so difficult was Florida State really kind of just hung their hat on the the win against LSU, you know, at the start of the season. Like that was the one that you can point to, mm-hmm. where their conference didn't provide much resistance outside of of what you had. Again, Louisville was their opponent in the conference championship game. Michigan, yeah, they had to play Iowa in the conference championship, but the week before they played an unbeaten Ohio State team. And so that's where I think like the ACC and and where the Big Ten and the SEC also realize is if you are the ACC, yeah, you kind of got to accept what what it is. And it's a power play. And I think we all kind of have to. Like there's, we could be mad at the 14 team system, and it may be we may be mad at the Big Ten and the SEC for doing it. But in terms of what they're asking, it actually isn't as big of an ask if you realize what the landscape uh, of college football is about to become. It depends how you look at it, Dan, because I could see it one way. Basically, what you're arguing is you could have six SEC teams yes. in a 14 team playoff. It could happen, and so by saying, "Hey, we only have three, you're leaving some, you know. You're, you're you're leaving you're negotiating yep, against exactly. yourself a little yeah. bit right but if you say well then okay you got to give us a perk where we get an automatic buy um us in the big 10 it's like well play that out you've got whoever gets those buys you've got a huge advantage that's predetermined where you have to win three games to win a title while every team that doesn't have a buy has to win four against the best competition the sport has to offer that's a, a drastic difference, especially if you didn't earn it. You know, if you end up being number one or number two, I don't have a problem with it. But if you're the fourth ranked team and you get an automatic buy just because of your conference affiliation, what are we doing here? It's, it, it, they, they look greedy. They sound greedy because of how they've shaped this. And it looks like they're asking for even more. Yeah. But but again, like the the 
I, I, I bring the scenario, and as you bring it up, the SEC may feel that they would ha- want six teams in the bracket. Yeah. And that's not going to happen if you allow the ACC and Big 12 to have an additional automatic qualifier outside of their conference champion. That's right. And, yeah. and so it's it's and listen, we're in a spot now, and this is this is reality. We are going to be arguing if in this and I know it's difficult to go unbeaten in college football, but you're going to have 13 and 0 in a Big 12 or an ACC against a 12 and 1 in the SEC and the Big 10. And it's not like it was this past year at all in where you could say it's clearly like the 12 and 1 in the SEC and the Big 10 will likely be better than any 13 and 0 because of the quality of wins those leagues put up against the Big 12 in the ACC. Well, likely, yes. Certainly, no. And the format is saying certainly it will. And that's what I disagree with. Like, just let it play out. If you earn it, you earn it. I think this, and I'll say it fast, Dan, I think this is the bigger picture, and this is why I hate all of this stuff, is because I see the SEC and the Big Ten, they're already starting to throw their weight around Mm -hmm. here. And they're saying, we need this first round buy. We should get X amount percentage of the money. We need this. We need more automatic qualifying spots. We need, we need, we need. And one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to get it, and I don't like that outcome, or they're not going to get it, and they're going to say, hey, why do we need all of you guys anyway? Sure. <laughs> right? You're right. You're that, 100% that's where it's right. really headed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, take our demands and accept them. Otherwise, we'll go off and do our own thing. Yeah. And then where does that leave the ACC? Because where does Florida State want to go? Man. Where would Clemson want to go? And yeah. such a power position. And it just it sounds dirty. It sounds weird. It just I mean, we were just coming off of the heels of a the, the twelve team announcement and now we're saying fourteen and then yeah. you add on that that the Big Ten and the SEC want buys. I get it. I get the you know the the sticker shock in seeing that. But it's the reality of what college football is about to become. And it's why they actually probably should be asking for it. I hate it. I hate it, Dan, because it goes against everything that's made college football special. We're going to sacrifice some of the meaning of the regular season to have more teams in the playoff. We get that. But to then say, hey, even before we've teed it up for the first game, we already have the SEC in the Big Ten. Those are the buys. Like those are the automatic buys. Anybody, whoever the top team is in those conferences, that goes against everything you and I have watched since we've been alive. I hate all of that. I, it sucks for Mike Gundy to say it's unheard of. Absolutely for Sonny Dykes at TCU saying it's preposterous. Totally with them. Love those words, and and they're act they're absolutely accurate. When you look at college football from a historical standpoint, this goes against everything it's been forever. Oh, uh, hey, roll the dice, TCU, and see if you get that second bid if you don't win the conference. And we'll see. Then we'll see how <laughs> things go. He's Brian No. I'm Dan Byer, off and running here on a Fox Sports Sunday. Hit him up at the No Show. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. According to Monty, comes up in 25 minutes. Chris Perfett, our technical producer, is here, as is our executive producer, Bo Benson. If you think the Big Ten and SEC say it's all about me, there's someone that even trumps them. We'll tell you who that is next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. 
We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The onslaught continues in Boston. Monty will have an update of what's happening between the Celtics and Warriors. It is a Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Dan Beyer. I have a feeling on the heels of our uh, previous argument, a lot of people in the Bayou are going to be on my side because they sure as heck believe in LSU team fourth in the SEC would be better than a second-place Oklahoma State team in a 14-team bracket. And in the scenarios that are being laid out, that there could be a scenario where LSU would be on the outside looking in. I'm just I'm just saying, the reason I bring up the Bayou is there's a, a really, really big deal going on in New Orleans and Fox Sports Radio. Brian O., we want to welcome our brand-new affiliate, the new 106.1 The Ticket in New Orleans. A big thank you to market manager Pat Galloway and program director Jason Ginty. Huge win them, uh, huge win for them, huge win for us. Absolutely great partnership. 106.1 FM in New Orleans, welcoming them on the ticket. Welcome to the Fox Sports Radio family. Love New Orleans. Super Bowl yeah. 59 uh, will be there. Great, great hosting city. It's it's truly is of all the cities we know indianapolis can put on a party san antonio does a great job with the final four las vegas and what they have done but the city mentioned when you're talking about big time sports events and that know how to put it on it's new orleans absolutely i've been there a couple of times love it in new orleans and like you said super bowl 59 there and shout out to lsu and if they're fourth in the sec i got good news for you you're gonna get an at large bid <laughs> Problem solved. You're in. What about if they're fifth? What about if they're sixth? Hey. Fifth or sixth, you still got a shot. (laughs) It's true. It is true. And knowing how we look at the SEC, maybe it's better than others. Then the Big Ten will be sitting there smarting and and, uh, and throwing tantrums. Uh, As a Big Ten guy, I do know that those things happen. But welcome again, our brand new affiliate, 106.1 The Ticket in New Orleans. So happy to have you along. 
We are so happy to be your teammates here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, LeBron James last night uh, made history. Although I don't know if it's history, Brian, because this mark that LeBron James hit last night is like the person in your life that throws a party for Arbor Day. You're like, well, why are you throwing a party for Arbor Day? Well, I just like throwing parties, having a reason to throw a party. And then you're like, all right, cool, no problem. Like 40,000, like if he's already scored the most points, I don't know what the 40,000-point threshold actually means, but LeBron James passed it last night. And again, as humble as ever in making a mark in the NBA despite losing to the Denver Nuggets. To be quite honest with you, Everybody wanted to see me fail when I got to the league. Everybody was just like, it's not, it's no way he's going to be able to exceed, you know, the expectations that's put upon him. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I missed that part, Dan. I, I was, missed the. <laughs> I was. I thought I was alive in 0304. I was, but I also right. may have missed this part where everybody was was cheering against him. Yeah. Well, the first thing I like what you said about throwing a party. You know, getting to 40,000 points right there. It's kind of like Cinco de Seis. You know, if you throw <laughs> just sure. a, a block party, it's like, okay, I, okay, we can run it back, I guess. Um, but, yeah, LeBron, listen, first off, it's an amazing accomplishment. And I swear, only LeBron could say something so stupid to take away our focus of how amazing this milestone is. What is he talking about? Everybody wanted him to fail? His games were on his high school games are on ESPN. <laughs> you think the NBA executives were like, man, oh, the, only this guy from Akron who has monstrous hype could not live up to it and just fail miserably. That'd be awesome for us. This is I think, Dan, and you mentioned it. If you think about the social media day and age and of course, LeBron, he brings out the venom in a lot of people. If you get a steady diet of that. I think sometimes you just believe that's what the masses think instead of a small segment of sure. people. So I, maybe that's gotten him to think this, but there's no chance that everybody wanted the guy to fail from the beginning. That's not true at all. Here's here's where I like think like LeBron misses at times, where it's all all about him. Like when he passes Kareem for the all time scoring mark, he's in a Laker uniform. You can be very humble. You can, you know, heap your praises on on Kareem. I get it. Like, nobody else has 40,000 points. There's nobody else there, so there's nobody that you could pass it along to. But what you can do is saying, like, I think 40,000 points is a testament to, you know, my long career, and I wouldn't have a long career if it wasn't without great teammates, with great coaches, with great trainers, with everybody who's helped me along the way. I mean, this starts when I was just coming into the league. Then you name a couple of people. I think that's the proper way to do it instead of saying, you all counted me out, 40,000 points yeah. later, boom, in your face. Boom, I, roasted. I, yeah, I just had a flashback with you saying that it made me think of Kevin Durant. And not that long ago, he passed Hakeem Olajuwon on the all-time scoring list. And he just had a funny story where he's like, my mom had a crush on Hakeem when I was growing up. And, and he was like, whenever you, you pass one of the greats, it, it's awesome. And he just kind of reflected on like his mom and the game yeah. itself. It, it was just like a cool moment. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm happy for KD to reach that milestone. And we should be like that with LeBron. <laughs> but LeBron, I swear, could write a book 
in hustling backwards when it's one of these like, oh, all you guys wanted me to fail. No, we didn't. And that takes our focus away from an amazing accomplishment that only one guy on the face of the earth has accomplished. That's that's really bad. I, was in, I, I hate that. I was in Cleveland in the summer of 03 and bought a bunch of LeBron James stuff. Was I a Cavs fan? Heck no. You know, right. there's, no there's no reason to. But, yeah, that's where, you know, I, I I loaded up, and I would have to think that there are a lot of other people like me. And, you know, and, and the point as well is when, when he talks about people being against him, it wasn't until the, the heel turn of the Miami Heat, maybe yeah. a bit, but – they were still they were underdogs in the finals, you know, to the to the San Antonio Spurs in two thousand seven, and they ended up getting swept in that series. And I still think that there was a lot of love for him, but it was the heel turn when he ends up going to the Heat that changes some of the narrative. And even still with that, there are a lot of people who still followed him. And then he, you know, mended the hearts back in Cleveland. So this, <laughs> a lot of people listen. A lot of people said that he wouldn't be able to do this because it was unthinkable. I'll give him credit in the in the fact of. To have somebody live up to the hype like he has, right. just very, very few have done. But I feel that we've said that. That's not hating. That's just, I think, having realistic expectations of what you would think an NBA career would be. I, I don't think anybody thought 40,000 points. And if you didn't say it in 2003 after he was drafted, you're a hater. Just it's, you know, he's, he's had such an amazing career. I don't know how anybody could have thought he would have done this. Right. And that's the thing is... I mean, think about it from LeBron's perspective for a little bit, where he has, for his whole NBA career, gotten a steady diet of not as good as Jordan, not as good as Jordan, right? Repeat, repeat, repeat. No one thought anyone would pass Kareem's mark. Well, most people didn't. Maybe there was a, a couple here or there, but for the most part, the masses never thought that mark would be reached. And he got there and then got to 40,000 points. That's insane. But there's a big difference between us being skeptical, like, could anybody live up to the hype that LeBron had coming into the NBA and saying, everybody wanted me to fail? <laughs> like that's There's a big difference between those two. So I'm just trying to see it from his point of view. If he goes on X and starts, hey, let me check out my mentions, and it's just like, you this and you that, and you're not Jordan. You get that for two decades? You might start to think, man, the masses are against me, but it's not the reality that everybody wanted him to fail. That was never the case ever since he's been in the NBA. I think more than not, if you just break it down percentage-wise, Dan, I think more have wanted him to succeed than to fail. Sure. That that would be a, a true debate, but to say everybody wanted him to fail, that's not even close to being the case. Again, and, and he brought it uh, upon himself with a decision that I actually think was great for the NBA. Uh, it wasn't great for the Cavaliers, but it did make him that villain. Up until that point, I remember that overtime game against the Pistons in game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. It's one of those games that you get wrapped up and you start cheering, uh, you know, cheering for the person and you had no dog in the fight, you know, in it. I mean, Chris yeah. Perfett's a, you know, a Pistons guy. I, I I don't mean to exclude you from this, but that's amazing basketball when he's young in his career. You may dislike him as a Pistons fan, but there's no there's no hate or wanting him to fail at any point. Yeah, I went to that Cavs parade. Did you? When they won, when they won that, I was See? living in Toledo at the time. Wow, I even got asked by the local station in Toledo why I'm going there because I was working there. I'm like, I'm never going to see anything like this again. He's an icon. He's something that is unique to the culture, and I got to experience that with millions of other people who just swarmed Cleveland that day. That was a piece yeah, of history. Ew. I don't think I would ever root against that. 
What? Was that when J.R. Smith was shirtless? Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. What I did, so I was at the rally point, and what I didn't know is the barrier broke the minute they left the queue, and that's why it was taking hours for them to get to the actual rally during the parade. You know what? I'll say Madness. one thing real fast here, Dan, because I just started thinking about it. You could identify w- with this as a radio guy. I call some of the listeners joy suckers. You know what I mean? Where sometimes you finish a show and then you go on X and it's like, you suck. Where's the normal host? You know what I mean? And and LeBron has had to deal with a lot, like countless joy suckers over the last 20 plus years while he's been in the NBA. And I hate that. I hate that for as accomplished as he is and how much he loves the game of basketball. There are joy suckers in bulk that come along with that. And I hate that, but that's the reality of it. But still, it goes way too far to say everybody wanted to see me fail. It's even worse when it comes from your mom. Sorry, mom. Just kidding. I was just kidding. (laughs) Your mom is uh, like trolling you after. Yeah, I got it. I've mentioned it before. She has given me tips and she has told me, you know what? I didn't agree with that point, but she's never said that show stunk. Get right. new hosts in there. She's never right. said that. It's never been one of those, I disagree, and you're a sad excuse for a human being. She hasn't taken <laughs> it to that level, yeah, right? She has not said, get Bernie Fratto in that chair. <laughs> she has not said that yet. Okay. Right. Yet. Yeah. Maybe she'll coming. say, get Monty Bolaños in that chair. Uh, maybe. Maybe, Monty. That could be the case. Uh, Monty is here to give us the latest of what is going on. What's happening, Monty? Uh, on what? Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to watch the Clipper game and trying to give an update and trying to comment on what you just said about LeBron James. Uh, Brian, hi guys. Uh, you know, I would be fine if people were, what would you call them? Fun suckers? What would you call joy, them? I, I went joy suckers. Joy suckers. You yeah. know, here's the thing. LeBron is a billionaire. We would all be okay if people were joy yeah. suckers against us if we had just a little bit of the millions that LeBron has. So that's the only thing I think is different. But the Clippers have extended their lead over the Timberwolves in Minnesota. 82-78 is the score less than five minutes to go in the game Kawhi Leonard 27 points Anthony Edwards 25 points the Celtics Warriors game has been over since halftime but it's still going and Boston is on top 128 to 81 four and a half minutes left in the game none of the starters are in but Steph Curry took nine three-pointers and didn't make a single one he only made two shots from the field wow. so yeah i know zero of nine is from there the a streak nine. is there like a, a game streak or did he remember that- he broke like he lost it he okay. was on a streak for a long time and then he went a game without hitting a three-pointer and so that big big long yeah. streak he had it, and then it, everybody tweeted you yeah. suck steph curry <laughs> exactly. way to not hit a three <laughs> exactly what happened earlier today luka Doncic dropped a triple double but the mavs lost at home to the 76ers 120 to 116. Caitlin Clark dropped 35 points today. She became the Steve Steve Hartman hates this, but became the men and women's all-time NCAA leading scorer as number six Iowa defeated number two Ohio State 98 or 93, excuse me, to 83. On Fox, we got the NASCAR Cup Series still coming from Las Vegas. We're officially in stage two, and after 142 laps, Kyle Larson is in the lead with Kyle Busch right behind him and Denny Hamlin in third place so far in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins are likely are unlikely to use the franchise tag on defensive tackle Christian Wilkins. It would make him an unrestricted free agent. And the NFL Network reports that the new kickoff rule crafted by NFL special teams coordinators would allow teams to attempt an onside kick only when trailing in the fourth quarter, and it would require them to declare it in advance. Yeah. 
So do I declare bankruptcy <laughs> like Michael Scott. Michael, oh, God, so good. That's so good. Back to you no, guys. No surprise onside like Sean Payton in the Super Bowl. We can't do the, that. These rules are so funny. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> these, these rules are so funky that I, I thought about adding them to our, our show list. It would take up a whole segment just to be like, if, then, that, but this, then that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a mess. It's it's They're going to be more confusing than the overtime rules in the playoffs. Why'd they move up to the 40-yard line is what I want to know. Like, what was <laughs> they wrong don't want with 30? The, yeah, they don't, they don't, well, they don't want, it would be the opposing. It would be up yeah. thir- 30 yards. I, You'd be in plus territory. They don't want a 30 or 20-yard head start. They only want they contact want kickbacks. five or six yards downfield that's all they want so you would be across the 50 yard line under this new proposal the whole thing about the xfl kickoff is they had solved it they had figured out how to make it interesting to take away a lot of the injuries from it and now the nfl is like we want that but also we want touchbacks still i don't mm, it's mm. weird you know i don't hate the xfl rule we only had 22 percent of kickoffs that were returned last year in the nfl 22 percent it was a touchback fest so if you give us the XFL rule, like you're explaining, Dan, and you actually get kickoff returns, I'd rather have that than, what, 78% being touchbacks? That's just not a good product at all. It's just confusing to figure out because some would go back to the uh, to the 20, some would be to the 35, some would, it just... Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, that's silly. Yeah, that part is silly. Layers upon layers. Uh, what isn't silly uh, is what Monty has to say. She's got, according to Monty, plus... Has one part of the NFL completely eaten up another part? May sound weird, but we'll explain coming up in a little bit. He's Brian No, I'm Dan Bayer. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. That's next here on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Dan Bayer. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. Again, big welcome to our brand-new affiliate in New Orleans, the new 106.1 The Ticket, teaming up with Fox Sports Radio. Happy to be a part of that team. Hit Brian up at the No Show. You can find me at Dan Bayer on Fox. And you can find Monty Bolaños at Monty Bolaños. And you can find her right now. Great. <laughs> and now it's time for. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. According to Monty. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Monty, are, are you going to be able to do this? I think so. I listen, think so. <laughs> listen, I'm sorry. It's a regular season NBA game. No, I'm fine. What are you talking about? I'm good. I'm ready. She's freaked out because the Clippers are up one on the Timberwolves. <laughs> With 13 yeah. seconds left. Try it when your favorite team's like down three in an NCAA tournament. Yeah. And 87 it, to yeah. 86. What are we doing yeah. today? <laughs> well, the Boston Celtics scored already enough for everybody. So, you know, we're just trying to balance it out. Uh, Got it. it. Got you. All right. Let's get down to it. According to Monson. Is the juice really worth the squeeze with Caleb Williams. All right, listen, Caleb Williams has been described as a generational talent. I've been hearing this for months and months. He's incredible. I see it. He's got raw talent. But is he ready to be the face of a franchise? That's a big responsibility that requires a lot of maturity. And it's like being in a relationship where the most important things are communication and trust. His communication has not been the best. After losing to UCLA, he refused to speak to the media. I hate that. He refused to shake hands with Utah. He's at the 
Combine, not participating because he says there's plenty of tape for people to watch, and he refuses to do the medical examinations with the team. It's believed by CBS Sports that he's the first player at the Combine who's been an invitee to decline medical exams. He doesn't have an agent. Maybe that's why he thinks it's okay, but it's hard not to see it as entitlement. It's reported that he has made over $10 million in NIL money. He's been described, again, as a generational talent, so maybe he's entitled, but how is he going to fit in a locker room full of men, some of which who had had to work incredibly hard to make a small percentage of what he already made as a college player? I don't think the attention that the media has given him is helping him either because the expectation is almost too high. Like, will this game, his game, translate to the NFL if he is surrounded by a better team? Because that's what the expectation is. But is he going to have a chance to actually learn and grow? Does he have the maturity? A guy who painted F Utah on his nails to be the the face of a franchise and become a team player. I don't know. Maybe the S stand for fabulous Utah. Yeah, sure. Because that doesn't fit on his fingernails. (laughs) (laughs) I listen. I, if you're not shaking hands, if you're not doing the press conference, that's one thing. But in this whole about to be a pro process, you have to do what you think is best for you to make sure, especially because of where he is. I have no problem with any of that stuff. According to Monse, I just want to know if Bo Benson is shooting daggers <laughs> in your direction right now. According to Monse, Gilbert Arenas is proof. That not everyone needs a podcast. Yeah, now this guy thinks that because European players don't bring guns into locker rooms, it means they're soft. No, 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 that's not the reason. The defense has gone down in the NBA, but this has been going on for years. He actually said that NBA took away aggression to open up the Euro League, and that's not it at all. Luka Doncic said that the NBA, you could score a lot more easily than in the Euro League because of the rules in the space. In 2001, the NBA added the defensive three-second rule and essentially took out zone defense because a defender can't stand in the paint and wait for you to drive. You have to be actively defending someone and be within an arm's length of an offensive player. The NBA has been shifting the league to score more for years because it's more exciting or so they thought. Rookie star Victor Wembanyama said at the start of the season, NBA is faster but the Euro League is more physical. The top two defensive players in the NBA are French. The MVP discussion the last couple of years has been surrounded by non-American players. He also said that it's a three-point shooting league because they're they're copying Euro style when Euro League prioritizes teamwork and fundamentals over shooting the ball. I don't know if Gilbert Arenas has ever heard of Steph Curry or the 2018 Houston Rockets who missed 27 consecutive threes. And thank you to Guillermo Ortiz from Spain who posted a chart of 19 players who have shot 400 plus threes this season. Only three are European. It, no, no. It's them hating that they didn't play in that in this generation. That's all it is. It's stupid. Is what according it is. to Monsi. All right. According to Monsi, uh, if it doesn't have marinara sauce on it, then it is not pizza. I don't know who needs to hear this, but pizza must have three things. Some sort of bread, marinara, and cheese. That's it. Add whatever toppings you want. As long as those three are in there, it's pizza. Does it have white sauce? That's not pizza. You can call it a flatbread. You can call it an appetizer. Is it barbecue chicken? That's wonderful. That's not pizza. Wow. I, I once ordered a pizza uh, accidentally with barbecue sauce. Yeah. Like I hit the, the, the toggle. I do that all the time. It's not really? Pizza. Yeah, yeah. It's not pizza. No, yes, yeah, Masi's right. Masi's I, right. I, I will agree on the barbecue, but as an Italian American, white white sauce is. That's fine. not pizza. No, but then that. what do you call it? It's like what, a, what's, whatever, a flatbread, an appetizer, a cheesy pull apart bread with white sauce. I mean, virgin I olive do oil. A lot. Very fine. <laughs> we can do a lot. But pizza, marinara sauce must be a part of it. There's no way. Huh. There it is. Another great episode. 
of According to Monty. By the way, in that four-minute segment, only 11 seconds of game time went off the clock in the Clippers-Timberwolves game. <laughs> it's finally over. Clippers win 89-88. But there was 13.1 when she started the segment. When it ended, there was three. A lot going on, but the Clippers get a big road win in Minnesota. That's right. Monty's happy. Chris is happy. Bo's happy. Me and Brian know we're good with it all. But Brian's not good with something that's happening in the NFL. He'll tell you what it is next year on Fox Sports Radio. Our NFL insider Adam Kaplan joins us in about 20 minutes and to try to clarify the picture of where Justin Fields is going. Because I do believe that he's on the move. Welcome in. So we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Bottom of the hour, per usual. Easy as one, two, three, four. Brian Noah in the hot seat again, trying to make it back-to-back perfect games here on Fox Sports Radio. So he'll have Chris, Bo, and Monty as his lifelines. And if you missed any of the show, you can always go to foxsportsradio.com, click on podcasts, and after the show, just look for Fox Sports Radio Weekends. That's where you can hear Brian and my discussion on the college football 14-team playoff for the Big Ten and the SEC are asking for buy. Spent a good 20 minutes in dissecting that. Brian's against it. I think that the Big Ten and the SEC should have automatic first-round buys uh, to their champions. See, he's already disgusted, just as uh, I say it. But it's the future <laughs> of college football. But you can hear that, again, right after the show is done. Just go to Fox Sports Radio Weekends under podcasts and click on that. Something else is kind of make you disgusted. Um, the NFL kind of eating itself. Would that be hmm. a good way of putting it? I, maybe. Maybe. I was just thinking that if you think about the draft – and how much focus there is on the draft. We go crazy for it. it. The combine, we're dissecting who did what, what this could mean, Caleb Williams, on and on and on. Mock drafts. Here's my mock draft 2.0. You know, it's all about the draft. And meanwhile, free agency is just about a week away. The draft is like seven weeks away, roughly. Mm-hmm. Right? And isn't it funny where we're just so draft, 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 and not as much about free agency. We'll get into it when it rolls around, but only being a week out. Think about how that rivals being a week away from the NFL draft, Dan. That's all you're going to hear. That's all you're going to be talking about for the most part. And free agency just doesn't rival that. So I don't know. It's not quite. I was thinking about where the draft is a little bit like the college football playoff where we're just, all right, what's going to happen in Washington, Texas? We're all in. And the non-college football playoff bowl games, we're like, eh. That's just how it feels right now. It's weird. With free agency, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really weird because I don't think – and, heck, we were just talking about college football, and and if you're just tuning in for the first time, Brian, a huge college football fan. Me, a huge college football fan – I don't think that we, and and I have no interest in the combine. There's no connection to college football fans in the NFL combine, I don't believe. Like, I don't think you tune into the combine because you love college football. And so I've always just tried to figure out, then what is it about the combine? Mm. And, And so when you bring this point up about us being so wrapped up in the mock drafts and what guys run in the 40s and into what guys bench press and who said this and that, we're taking completely unknown you know, quantities of these players. We have no idea really who they are outside of a few of them. Whereas free agency, we have Kirk Cousins, you have Baker Mayfield, you have Mike Evans, you have Justin Fields on the trading block. 
guys that we know about, guys that we are very, very familiar with, that we watch week in and week out, that we had on our fantasy teams, and I don't know the answer. And that's that's the crazy thing about it is I don't think that the Combine is great. I am not a Combine fan, yet it feeds into the craze of the NFL draft. And I don't know if it's the show. I don't know if it's the drama and the presentation. I, I, I don't understand it myself. I know sometimes free agency doesn't live up to the to the billing. Maybe a guy just resigns with a team and he was the the biggest fish that there was, but still, like there is more familiarity with the players who are available bouncing between teams than there is in anything from the combine or these players coming to the pros, yet we love that a hundred times more than the combine. Yeah, I think there's something where for the most part, the unknown in the NFL is way more interesting than the known. And there are exceptions. If some for some reason the Chiefs were trading Patrick Mahomes, that's the known. There there'd be a lot that was said yeah. about that. There would be a lot of intrigue. But as far as like Mike Evans, he's put up numbers for a decade with Tampa. And it's like, eh, where's he gonna go? Eh, we'll see. Right? But Who's going to take Roma Dunze, right? Is it Malik Neighbors or is it uh, another receiver that's going to go first overall? Is it Marvin Harrison Jr.? Is that the right play? Like all that stuff, the unknown for the most part, I think is more intriguing. And when you talk about the draft, that's the ultimate puzzle to try to put together. And it's like we all become mini GMs and say this team should do this and they shouldn't do that. And they're out of their minds if they do this. And, And I think that... We go back and look at past drafts and say, man, the Bears could have drafted Mahomes instead of Mitch Trubisky. What were they thinking? You know, it's just it grows and grows and grows. And the popularity of college football feeds into that because you are familiar with the top end guys. Yeah. And there are things that that are true, like the the hit rate in free agency, I think, is a lot less than it is in the draft. But that's not what makes the draft exciting. Like when we talk about like free agency in terms of like those players truly working out, there are a lot of teams that just will wait for teams with a lot of cap space to go and spend money, and then they'll dive into the pool a week later to see what's left, to see if there's anything of value or of a of a bargain there. And and that's yeah. you know like the Seahawks are my favorite team, and that's kind of been their way that they've operated throughout free agency most of John Schneider's tenure. So. Maybe that's a part of it. Maybe because I just know that, hey, this opening of free agency subconsciously is not going to be anything that the Seahawks are going to go after. They're not going to be, you know, talking with Mike Evans or bringing in Kirk Cousins, you know, maybe in a weird way. Maybe all of a sudden they're trying to talk with the Bears about Justin Fields. But I'm only bringing up hypothetical situations that would get me interested in this. But there they are sitting at 16, Brian. And I'm like, okay, do you trade back? You don't have a second because, you you know, you – did the trade with the Giants to get Leonard Williams? Where do you do? do you, can you get the tackle or guard that you're looking in the middle of the draft? Can you get a number one next year to set up better? Those are all scenarios that I'm looking at. So maybe I'm as we're doing this exercise and talking it out, maybe I'm realizing on on why it is more important to what you said. It's the unknown of what could happen. That's really what it is. And with all the soon-to-be rookies, we're just trying to figure out who's going to do what. You know, like there's an interesting guy with you're going to bring him up with J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback. And where does he go? Does he go higher than expected? Does he go higher than most people have him on their big boards just because the supply and demand 
uh, aspect of quarterbacks. It's it's really interesting how all of that fits together. And I, I don't know, maybe it's a wrong thing, but there's something about new that seems to be more interesting. And when these are about to be all rookies in the NFL, when they get drafted, where they get drafted, who reaches, who does what in the draft, there's just far more intrigue in that sure. than NFL free agency. And some of these bigger names in free agency, they could make a way bigger impact, but there's just not as much intrigue building up to that moment than there is the draft. We're talking more draft right now, and it's in late April. Yeah. Free agency's like a week away, and I, we're like, eh, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's got, it's got, like, you know, we've we've had a Reggie White, we've had Drew Brees, we've had, you know, some of those, but there's there's not the big fish that we normally think, and and even of of someone's stature, if they're if they're good enough, usually they're not hitting free agency, so there is a cap. I mean, Kirk Cousins is is a free agent and could be for a lot of of, of reasons but a a top level depending on where your level is NFL quarterback but he's coming off also off of an Achilles injury. Yeah. You know, and and you wonder okay if there's no Achilles and the Vikings continue to do what they do is there more of a question do they still want to bring him along um like like we're talking even damaged goods you know in that sort of factor of of the top level free agency guys, Mike Evans seems to have been in the league for you know twenty years. How many you know how many good years are you going to get from Mike Evans if he you know continues to play? And maybe two or three, but it's not a fifteen year career that you drafted in the twenty twenty four draft. Yeah, I think that our attitude toward veterans is oftentimes like I've already seen that movie. Yes, for instance, yep. if you think of the Falcons, Dan, you brought him up. I think Kirk Cousins going over there with the numbers he's put up, the experience he has mixed with all those top 10 offensive players, right? Top 10 draft picks with Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts, Drake London to match all of that with Kirk Cousins. It's like, okay, what's this going to look like? I would look at it like that, but I think for the most part, it's like, Oh, Kirk Cousins, what's that going to do? Meanwhile, if they drafted, the unknown. They waited around, maybe in the second round, they got Michael Penix Jr. There'd be way more buildup for what's Penix sure. Jr. going to do with all these guys compared to Kirk Cousins, who's put up numbers for years. I think we're just like, ah, I've seen that Kirk Cousins movie before. I don't agree with it, but I think that's typically how it goes. I, uh, You mentioned J.J. McCarthy earlier, and the only reason that I, I you know, bring him up, and I'm, I'm glad that you did, was you just mentioned Michael Penix there, and I feel like there was at one point that we thought Penix was going to maybe be a a a mid first round pick, and now it surely seems like he'll be a second day guy, second round pick. Maybe sneaks up at the end of the first round, but I just I don't I don't see him being a first round pick. Where J.J. McCarthy is, I mean, we're now hearing rumors of a of a top ten possibility. Yeah, and and to the point, you know, Monty talked about it in according to Monty, you know, game tape matters at some point. I you know there there were times where Jim Harbaugh did not want to put the ball in the hands of JJ McCarthy and relied on his running game to win football games. And it's it's amazing to me to see what what McCarthy did in college and what Penix did in college and to see now their draft stocks kind of completely going in opposite ways. You know, Penix maybe wasn't as big as he was listed in college and McCarthy seemingly added some weight over these next couple of of months but to see the rise of JJ McCarthy to be like a top 10 guy it's it's just to to me I I understand the whole process so it's mm-hmm. not like I don't get it but in a way I'm also like 
I don't get it. I don't understand how this happens. It was funny when Jamison Williams was at Alabama and he, you know, tore his ACL. Remember, he couldn't break through against Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson in the Ohio State depth chart, which forced him to transfer to Alabama. And so he transfers to Alabama and then tears his ACL, and people are putting him ahead of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And I understand that we're talking about panning out in, into an NFL career, but at some point what you did in college and you know has to matter at some point. And that's where I just I, – I don't know if Michael Penance is going to be a, a, a great pro. I have no idea. But there was nothing in the college portion of what J.J. McCarthy was doing that tells me, yep, I'm sold on this guy. And we yeah. and there's this late push for him now. All of a sudden, maybe a top 10 guy could be the fourth quarterback off the board. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think McCarthy, he's a tricky evaluation because I hear you where it's not like he did jaw-dropping things in college. Because, like you said, they relied on that running game. They relied on their defense. They didn't even throw a pass in the second half against Penn State. You know, and so I initially think like that, where it's like, we're really going to go with McCarthy in the top 10? What are we doing here? But then I pause and I think, just because they didn't ask him to do it doesn't mean he can't do it, you know? And this is a a tricky comp, because I'm not saying he's the next Justin Herbert, but I felt very similarly to Justin Herbert when he was at Oregon, and Mario Cristobal was over there, very conservative, very, they'd, they'd run the ball, run it, run it. Uh, I don't know. Okay, we're losing. All right, go ahead, throw it, <laughs> Herbert. You know, he put up good numbers, but they weren't just jaw-dropping. Whoa, this guy is going to be a megastar. I watched all of his games. I did radio in the mm-hmm. area there in Portland. We talked about Justin Herbert like crazy, and I'm like, he's all right, but they don't ask him to do a ton and then he got to the NFL, and it was like, wow, this guy does have the goods. So I don't know that McCarthy is going to be like that. I just know that sometimes it's dangerous when a team doesn't ask their quarterback in college to do a ton. You start thinking, well, that's because he can't. And it's like, well, not really. They are just they ran the ball and played great defense, and that was their formula so he's a tricky evaluation. I haven't seen anything that jumps off and I'm like, oh, man, I love this dude. I think he could do work in the NFL because it was a lot of one read, two reads. There wasn't anything great about his progressions, but he's an athletic guy. It's pretty accurate. And could he surprise a lot of people when he's asked to do more? It is possible. He'll be a top eight pick the way that things are going. And that's not my confidence in him. It's my, I have the lack of confidence in him. It's how these things end up going. Yeah. You know, like this is the hype is going to build and somebody's going to end up falling in love with him. He's Brian. No, I'm Dan Byer. It is Fox Sports Sunday live from the tire studios coming up next. We'll talk with our NFL insider, Adam Kaplan on who made the big strides at the combine. And yeah, who is going to get in on this Justin Fields topic? We'll all talk about it next year on Fox Sports Sunday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. 
That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Byer. He's Brian No Trucker Joe tweeted in, kind of agreeing with my J.J. McCarthy sentiments, uh, you try to compare him to Mac Jones, but essentially it goes back to your point, Brian, of the unknown is kind of what you want in the NFL, it feels like. The potential is what you're drafting instead of maybe the known commodity of what you got with a, a, a Michael Penix. And I use the example of of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who were NFL-ready receivers when they were still at Ohio State. And Jamison Williams was getting just as much hype, you know, as those guys were when they were entering the draft because of the what could be. And he was coming off of an ACL injury, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in that scenario. It is it, the a lot of the times it's uh, of what, you know, just isn't as appealing of what you don't know. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I wonder, man, we'll get into it. When you think about wide receivers, I know it's not going to become like the running back position. But if you think about this, Dan, think how deep the wide receiver uh, draft is this year where it's got a lot of depth. If you think about a receiver like Mike Evans, who's been fantastic for 10 years, like you have a real decision to make. Would you rather make Mike Evans a big offer or would you rather draft a wide receiver sure. that might be the fourth prospect, maybe the fifth prospect, you might be better off doing that. And I know it's not going to be the same as a running back. Like, don't pay a running back, just draft a running back, everything's going to be fine. But like in certain instances with wide receivers, we're just automatically like, oh, he's worth it. Throw money at him, don't even think about it. We haven't changed our thinking. If there's a deep wide receiver class, you might be better off going the cheaper route in the long run. Let's ask our NFL insider about Mike Evans and where he could be headed and a whole lot more. You can read him on the Pro Football Network and hear him on the Inside the Birds podcast and hear him right here on Fox Sports Radio. Adam Kaplan joins us. So free agency is about a week yep. away. Hello, Adam. Uh, what What is the like of Mike Evans maybe finding greener pastures elsewhere. Uh, they're trying. They're tr- the Bucks want him back. Uh, he definitely has interest in coming back, but his agent, Derek Gilmore, uh, is able to, to kind of gauge the interest out there. Uh, being in Indianapolis this week, and that's, that's what agents do. He's been around a long time. He's had Mike since Mike was drafted out of Texas A&M in 2013, so... Uh, they'll they'll get a pretty good idea of what his market will be. It, it, it should be fairly robust. Now, I heard you guys before I came on here uh, it is, I mean, and my, by my count, I've got nine to 10 receivers going off within the first 64 picks. That's a lot, but that is really, and they ran well, the, by the way, they ran well in that fast turf at the, uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium. It, it's a very deep and diverse group. You want taller guys, you can find that. You want fast guys, you can find that. You want possessed receivers, you can find that. It's a very good group. What do you think, building off that cap, a couple of teams specifically, the Dolphins with Jalen Waddle, the Eagles with Devontae Smith, those guys are in line for contract extensions. Yep. They already have Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown. What do you think about those teams 
paying a second receiver big money. Yeah, so this is the problem, Brian, with Cincinnati and why, as I understand it, they decided to tag. They didn't even try to extend the contract of T. Higgins because they know over the next two years, I mean, they don't have to, but most likely they're probably going to do that. They're going to extend Jamar Chase's contract. He's eligible now for a contract extension. Now he's played three years. Um, There's really been no example of a team paying top dollar, top five dollar to receivers. It's never happened before that I could remember in my, my, this is my 25th year of covering the NFL. And uh, you're right to point that out. Uh, now, the Dolphins don't have to do anything. Again, Waddle, like Chase, is only in its fourth season. He's only on his fourth year. And then they, they have the fifth year option, which they'd pick up if they don't extend. And they got two tags. So they don't have to do anything. They're, they're, now, the Eagles, I would tell you, I would be stunned if they don't extend Devontae Smith's contract. Why? This is just kind of their MO. They're the one team in the National Football League does not wait. Once they're eligible to, to extend, they get this done because they see where the money's going. Tyree Kill, the, the highest paid at, uh, receiver in the history of the game, at $30 million a season. He's not going to get that, Devontae Smith, but it won't be too much less. And then the Eagles, you, as you mentioned with A.J. Brown, one nugget here for you with A.J. Brown's contract and why this could be his last year with the team. His salary cap number goes to $12.5 million to tw- just over $26 million next season. And his salary that's not guaranteed in 25 is f- uh, $15.25 million. So this could very well be his last season as an Eagle. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. Are we any closer to finding out where Justin Fields will play next year? Yeah, in my report by. Friday, which I put out on uh, Sports Grid, which I know a lot of people have asked me about, so I'll just address it. So what I said was that I don't see it, him going to Atlanta. I said, you never say never. But let's not forget Zach Robinson, the new offensive coordinator with the Falcons. He is running a true West Coast offense. This is the same one Shanahan and McVay are running. McVay is a little different than Shanahan. Shanahan is this really old school. But Zach Robinson is running a timing-based offense. That is not a good fit for Justin Fields. Again, I never say never. You know, The Falcons have a decision to make. I, I feel more like Kirk Cousins would be a fit, though the, the Vikings want to be ba- him back, and he wants to be back. Kirk Cousins would be a much better fit for Zach Robinson's offense. By the way, he has played in a West Coast scheme before. How about the quarterback dominoes cap where the Falcons and all teams, is Kirk Cousins the first domino to fall? And then you think, well, if we don't get him, maybe Baker, maybe Fields. Is it Kirk Cousins the first guy? We got to figure out what's going on with him. I don't think there's much of a mystery. It's certainly not a lock that he returns to Minnesota, but he wants to be back talking to the Vikings. They definitely want him back. It's kind of harder for him because he's turning 36 in August, coming off, a, off of a devastating injury, a torn Achilles. Now, he, he did play great, by the way, before he got hurt. And then Baker. Baker would be a team for Atlanta if they cannot, if the Bucks somehow don't get him back. Now, both sides wanted to do business with each other. It was a great story. One year, $4 million was upside, which is what he signed for last season. What a bargain. You know, but after that, it's, they're all backups, folks. They're all backups. It's, if you don't get one of these two guys, you're looking toward the draft. That's what you'll do. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian Noah. I'm Dan Beyer. So what do you make about this J.J. McCarthy hype that uh, Brian and huh. I were just talking about? <laughs> uh, seeing now possible top 10 position for the Michigan quarterback after what uh, took place at the Combine. Where does the Michigan product uh, end up All right, up so it's funny you mentioned this. So last night I had dinner with some scouting people in Indianapolis, and I brought this. I actually brought him up because we, they did not talk about him, and these guys aren't all covering the same area. So I, I said, hey, do you guys, A, think you'll go in the first round? They, the three guys agreed. And B, where do you think he goes? 
Uh, one guy said, look, I don't have a first-round grade on him, but I know he's going to go in the first round because this is what happens. Quarterbacks yep. get pushed up. Uh, I, I'd say top 20. Now, the knock on him is, now I know he put weight on. Uh, there, was a, there was a concern that he'd be around 200 pounds. He put on um, some mass to his body. That's good. That certainly makes people feel better who's in, who are in the scouting world. But overall, you, you don't see him with great anticipation, great timing sometimes. That's what his tape shows, I was told, by uh, someone in scouting. Uh, you like his elusiveness. He can move. He can run a little bit. He's, he's not small. I mean, he's got some, some length to him, but you want to see how he reacts to certain things at the next level. There are some questions whether he'd be ready year one to start, no doubt about it. That, that's something else that was brought up to me because you don't see a ton of him under pressure. That's the issue that um, some scouts have with Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback. He should go somewhere between 20 and 32, but you do struggle going through tape and seeing him throw under pressure. How about the Chargers cap, where you look at their four guys that are going to count a lot against the salary cap in Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. What do you think is the best approach to maybe keeping a couple, maybe moving on from a couple? What do you think they should do to approach this the right Yeah, way? Hard, hard, to, hard to believe they'll keep all four. Uh, I'd be very surprised. Uh, it, it's Now, there's a saying in the National Football League, uh, it, look, it, if you want to keep a player, you're going to keep a player. Now, Cleo Mack still showed he had a uh, – can still play. He just turned 33. You never want to wait till it's too late. This is, by the way, Mack's last year of his deal. His salary cap number is over $38 million, which is a quarterback number. You've got a new general manager. You've got a new head coach, new offense-defensive schemes. Someone's going to have to go here. Uh, I, I can't see it. And, by the way, Mike Williams – there's no, no, they haven't made a decision yet what they're going to do with these contracts. Mike Williams is coming up back from a tourney ACL. His salary cap number, due to the restructure last September, is over $32 million. You mentioned Keenan Allen, who just could not get healthy. Yeah, He's also in the last year of his deal, salary cap number of $34 million. I, I wrote this for Pro Football Network to start last season, that it's hard to imagine both those guys would be back, and here we are. We didn't know Williams would tear his ACL. So I'd imagine one, if not two, of these guys would go. And here's the other problem. Because most of these guys are not under contract for next season, it's hard to restructure. Because then you're, then you're creating voidable years and more cap problems down the line. They're, they're in a tough way here. It's going to be hard for them to get through all this. Before we let you go, Adam, I know it's a tough day for a lot of people around yeah. the NFL. The passing of Chris Mortensen. Obviously, you spent time at ESPN. Yeah. have been in this insider yeah. game for decades uh, what can you tell us about uh, Chris Mortensen after he Yeah, I'm so glad today. you brought this up. This has been a tough day. I found out about it, you know, three or four hours ago, and I, it stopped me in my tracks. So I told Mort this when we worked together. Uh, we worked closely for two years before his illness. I told him that he was the inspiration for my career, that that, that is something that – but without him and, and uh, as a reporter, I, I remember where I was in 1998, at, not at a fancy football convention, and I asked him this question. Could you find out what's going on with Dorothy, Le- Dorothy Levins' contract? And he called Ron Wolf, and I, I picked his cell phone up, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. Like, I was, like, mesmerized. <laughs> yeah. And I told him that. Um, we, we, we laughed about it, and he's a special guy. The other thing that I love about him is he's sending you a really nice note. And I know we've seen uh, people on social media, uh, reporters in our business, you know, put this out. I'm, I'm probably going to do something tomorrow. My, my, yeah, my, my story's going to be a little different, but... He would always send encouragement, like out of the blue sometimes. And I'm, I'm, 
I'm sad that I did not have touch, be in touch with him in recent months. That's uh, you know obviously disappointing, but special human being. Um, and, and again, the number one inspiration in my career. This not even close. And no, like Will McDonough, the late Will McDonough, was another guy that I saw growing up. But to to know more, just to love him. I'm telling you, the guy was a special human being. He's Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Great words on the passing of uh, Chris Mortensen earlier today. Adam, thanks so much. We'll talk to okay, you next you. week. Hit See him you. up at Kaplan NFL. Let's head over to the news desk. Monty Bolaños has got the latest. And then after that, she'll serve as a lifeline, one of the three lifelines for Brian No. in our game of easy is one, two, three, four. What's going on, Monty? You know, when I watch these NASCAR races and they start going to the pit and changing these tires, mm-hmm. I can't help but be in awe. How quickly yeah, they move. Crazy. You know, I just yeah. I just had my tire situation, right? So maybe that's what it is. Cause I'm just like, oh my, how quickly yeah. did you just put those tires on? Monty, I'm so cheap. My back right tire, it keeps going flat. Ugh. And I'll just put air in it every yeah. three weeks or yeah. so. Uh-huh. It's going flat again. <laughs> yeah. I just keep putting yeah. it off. I need uh-huh. to take it to a NASCAR you track. Prob- you probably have a puncture in it. You should probably. I my tire got completely shredded and I nearly died in it. Have so. you taken it? Because if there if it is a little hole, they can patch it. And then you I probably- did. Yeah, they okay. will. Some places will do it for yeah. free. <laughs> yeah, I did that once, but it's still it's Bru- going down again. Yeah, no, I hear you. So on Tuesday, I came into work literally on my eight minute drive to work. I was getting a flat tire. Like, by the time, an hour into my shift at 7 a.m., I went to look at it. I had a flat, complete tire, and I had, like, a like a slash on the tire. Like, I couldn't fix it. And by the way. I, yeah. Go ahead. I, I didn't know if you were done. So no, I was just saying. Finish. And then I found out I didn't have a spare tire in my car because oh, I have a hybrid plug-in. No. So it's where the battery is. So I had to get towed. I just bought new tires. I, I don't I, I was very upset. My apologies for no. breaking up your story. No, Super, it'll, take, it'll take 10 seconds. I was on my way to work. I was working in Fresno at the time. Blasting Lamb of God, as I typically do, Dan. <laughs> you know, I'm a metal guy. And the guy next to me, we're at a red light, and he's pointing down. He's, like, pointing down. And I'm like, yeah, man, right yeah. on. <laughs> And I got to work, and my back right tire was totally flat, <laughs> and I didn't know it. He was just like, he was this guy, he's the most laid-back guy ever. I'm like, yeah, man, I know it's flat. It's cool. I had no idea. That's so, so funny. funny. Well, let's get that tire fixed, Brian, before yeah. it's, it's I, dangerous. I guarantee you know the gas station that has free air. Because there are very few of them yeah. now that have free air, yes. but yes. you find the one, and that's the one that you go back to every single time. And the most annoying thing is it's coins. I don't have oh, coins. No, no, it's free. That's what I'm talking oh, about. But the ones that you do have to pay, it's coins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, the coin you. air, terrible. Uh, I ain't nobody got time for that. All right, let's check in on NASCAR. Uh, We are down to the third and final stage, and it looks like Kyle Larson is still in the lead. 38 laps to go. This is coming from Las Vegas. Tyler Reddick in in second place, Ryan Blaney. Daniel Suarez was in the lead not that long ago, and he won the last one. So I was like, oh, maybe he's going to win this one. But no, Kyle Larson right now, 37 laps to go. In the NBA, two games going on. The Magic are beating the Pistons 29-27 late in the first quarter. The Hornets are up on the Raptors 31-27. They just got going in the second quarter. The Celtics dominated the Warriors 140-88. to Boston is the first team in NBA history to win three games by 50 or more points in a season. The 76ers held on to beat the Mavs in Dallas 120-116. to And my Clippers, they edged the Timberwolves in Minnesota 89-88 was the final. In college hoops, number three UConn cruised past Seton Hall 91-61. Caitlin Clark dropped 35 points today. She is now the all-time leading scorer
score in the NCAA. Men, women, it doesn't matter. Number six, Iowa defeated number two, Ohio State, 93-83. We're also going to talk about number one, South Carolina, because they completed its second straight perfect regular season with a 76-68 victory over Tennessee. South Carolina is the first team to enter the SEC tournament undefeated multiple times. And in the NFL, ESPN reports that the Dolphins are unlikely to use the franchise tag on defensive tackle Christian Wilkins, who is coming off a career-high nine sacks in 2023, so he will be an unrestricted free agent. Back to you guys. All right, let's get right to it. Easy as one, two, three, four. Yeah, we got to move this bad boy along. Brian knows quest to get 10 points. A uh, a simple discussion of topics where Brian does not have to give me all of the correct answers, just has to give me some of them. He has lifelines at his disposal. Monty Bolaños, Bo Benton, and Chris Perfett are here. If Brian wants to workshop any of these topics, the topics today, the NBA, NFL, Women's college basketball and men's Ooh. college basketball. Oh, okay. Are you ready to go, Brian? No. I am ready. Let's go. Over under eight and a half. It'll never be nine and a half. That's asking too much, but I feel you'll do pretty well in this one. All right. Okay, good. Name one of two, Brian, of the NBA's all-time highest scoring leaders that never mm-hmm. played a game in a Lakers uniform. So okay. the two highest scoring leaders in NBA history – that okay. never played a game in a Lakers uniform. Okay, gotcha. So uh, we take LeBron off the list. We take Kareem off the list. We take Carl Malone off the list. And we take Kobe off the list. So we've got MJ. Final answer. All right, show me Michael Jordan. Yes, there he is. Number five, 32,292 points. Dirk Nowitzki also would have been an acceptable answer. But then after that, you had Wilt Chamberlain, Shaquille O'Neal. And then uh, if we wanted to extend it, Kevin Durant would have been the third. Carmelo Anthony played for the Lakers. So, yeah, seven of the top ten have worn a Lakers uniform. Brian, no, you are are off and running. Let's go. Question number two. It's my all-time favorite question of easy as one, two, three, four. It's been used before, Uh but we bring it back today. Uh-oh. Name two of three NFL teams that have never had the first overall pick in an NFL draft. Oh, baby. Two, okay. Two of three. I might need a lifeline for this. Um, My initial thought is the Ravens because they haven't been around for that long. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'd have to workshop that one if they've had the, uh, the number one overall pick. Um, I'm going to workshop this with Bo Benson. Lifeline number one here. Um, I could go team by team in nauseating fashion, and it would take forever <laughs> for, for us to do that. Um, but I'm thinking Baltimore. You thinking anybody in particular, Bo? Baltimore sounds right, but I don't know if they were treated as like an expansion franchise and given a top pick. I don't know if they were. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would think sure. the Steelers have never been bad enough to be picking first overall, but that might be wrong too, looking, thinking about some of the guys that played there. I don't know because these teams that go back forever, Yeah, I'm worried about, and the Steelers were bad for a long time. So I don't know. They could be on the list. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a that's wow. That's this a is tough my one. favorite question. I I, I love this. Ish. All right, Brian. No, are you are you ready to give a final answer? Or do you want to use a different lifeline? I thought Bo was going to chime in with okay. something else. Yeah, right? Well, it, if Dan loves this question, then maybe the Seahawks are one of the answers. <laughs> they've never there you picked go. first overall. 
Um, you know, it's not a bad thought. Let's go. And they haven't been around as long as the Steelers and some of these other teams, right? So we'll go, Dan. Ravens, Seahawks, final answer. All right. Show me the Baltimore Ravens. They did not get the uh, opportunity to be the first overall because everybody moved over. They were an expansion franchise, but not in the normal sense. You got that one correct. Show me the Seattle Seahawks. Yes. There it is. (laughs) The other team to not have a number one pick, first overall, the Denver Broncos. Denver, wow. Pittsburgh, Terry Bradshaw first overall and so uh that's a way back in the way back machine the seahawks could have had number one in the first draft but instead that went to uh tampa bay uh, they also drafted rick myrer uh in the early 90s at number two but never number one overall all right hey, shout out irish huh irish yeah. and seahawks oh. it's like you and me just combined forces <laughs> i right don't there. know if we could really bond over rick myrer you had a much better time with him <laughs> yeah, than i did that's true i saw him that's at the true. super bowl by the way i walked past him i'm like ah, oh, rick myrer all right go. noah's three for three on the verge right now on track for a second straight perfect game but we're talking hoops next. Monty's a lifeline. So is Chris Perfett. It's all coming up next live at the TireRack.com studios on Fox Sports Sunday. Brian knows perfect. I'm not talking in general, but right now, perfect in this game of easy is one, two, three, four. Hit him up at the No Show. I'm Dan Byer. Brian and I hanging out with you on a Sunday and uh, Sunday evening on the uh, the East Coast. And the last Sunday before we change our clocks. Yes, next week, uh, a majority of us are changing our clocks as we spring ahead. Let's jump ahead to question number three in our game of easy is one, two, three, four, where Brian has two lifelines left. Chris Perfett, our technical producer, and Matsi Bolaños at the news desk. All right, are you ready? I am ready. He's got three points. Here's your opportunity to add three more. Name three of four, Brian. Schools that made the women's final four last season in college basketball. Oof. Okay. Again, these aren't out here to trick you. Like there's a there's a path that you can usually find to an answer. So. Yeah. Well, I definitely remember LSU and Angel Reese talking trash to Caitlin Clark in Iowa. So we've got LSU and Iowa. And I'm going to have to use a lifeline for, for one of the other two teams. Monty's nodding her head. Okay, that seems like a good sign. Monty, I'll yeah. use you as a lifeline. You got the answer here? You got the final two I teams? I think so. I think Iowa beat South Carolina in the final four and then advanced to play LSU. I, I, I'd buy that. Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure that's what went down. Okay. Okay, pretty sure, pretty sure answer? it's good enough for me, sure, Dan. Yeah. I'll go final answer right. those three teams. Show me LSU. Yes, Angel Reese and the Tigers cutting down the nets last year. Show me Iowa. Yes, and they beat Iowa in that championship game. And to keep it perfect and to have Monsi come in and save the day, show me South Carolina. Yes. Yeah. But it was LSU who beat South Carolina. Iowa beat Virginia Tech. <laughs> oh. Okay, yes. well, at least we got hey, there, though. We still got there. counts. Yeah, still counts. I it's just right. remember South Carolina losing in the Final Four. So there we go. Okay, good. South Virginia Carolina. Tech was the higher seed, too. Yeah, Whoa. Virginia Tech and South Carolina were the one seeds. <laughs> Iowa was a two seed last year. LSU made the Final Four and won it all as a three seed. Oh. Yes. So it's kind of like saying, I remember Mahomes and the Chiefs beating the Lions in the AFC title game. We don't need kinda to do like, this today. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. Final question is Brian. Ryan No again goes for a perfect game for the second straight week. And perfect games, uh they're they're rare here. So to go back to back is something. 
Name four of five, Brian, though. Mm-hmm. Big Ten schools that have won a men's college basketball national championship. Okay. Wow. Four of five Big Ten schools won a college basketball national championship. Okay, so we've got IU. Um, I'm going to workshop with this with you, Chris Perfett. You know, let me. Well, think after that Lions barb, you better be careful. He's going to sabotage me on this. Um, we've got Tom Izzo in Michigan State. We've got Sparty in there. So we've got two. Is this regular season championships, not the tournaments? No, it's a national championship. Oh, national, national championship. Champion. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a couple. Um, oh, man. Here. Let me see. Ah, gosh. We go back in the archives over here. Can we? We got to get two more here. I'm thinking about Illinois, Michigan, and Purdue. And I'm not sure, Chris. Like, well, we definitely have Michigan, right? Because the Ramil Robinson. So we're up right. to three. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. Yeah. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana. Yeah. And we need one more. I, I swear there must be an Ohio State in here somewhere. How about Maryland? We get well, there with Maryland. Maryland would have been been all in the ACC, but I don't. I don't. Yeah, and I and and just oh, to yeah, clarify, you're right. yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah, that that would not. They'd have to be in the Big Ten conference. So at I the time. I got to say, it's got to be like. Does, I don't think Wisconsin ever won one. Um, Minnesota maybe not. Um, all right, time for your final answers. Oof. I want to say just I, I'm going to give you. I'm going to say Ohio State has to be in here somewhere. You good with that? Stan. No, I. You know they. Because they lost to Florida the one time. Okay, so we'll go with the first three. Show me Indiana. Yep. Show me Michigan State. Yep. Show me Michigan. Yep. All right, and here's where it is. Show me Ohio State. Yep. There it is. The 1960 champions. And in 1941, the Wisconsin Badgers cut down the net. Good job, Chris. Yes. Another perfect game for Brian No. (laughs) LeBron James is in the news Again, we talk about it next on Fox. If you think you have problems, wait till you find out what the MLS had to deal with this weekend. Mm-hmm. That coming up in about 30 minutes. Crazy, crazy stuff. He is Brian No. I'm Dan Beyer. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We do talk about the NBA, and just as we see the Celtics just completely dismantle the Warriors today from the get-go. The final, as you heard Monty say, 140 to 88. Does a game like that change your mind at all on the Celtics fortunes or the Warriors fortunes when it comes to the to the upcoming NBA playoffs? Does that does that move the needle for you uh, with either team, Brian, when you see an outcome like that today? Not really. It doesn't do much because um, we know the Celtics are a fantastic team. They might win a championship this season. So it doesn't change anything I thought about them. They're crushing teams. They've won their games by an average of over 10 points, and mm-hmm. that's one of the best marks in the history of the NBA. You know, most teams that have won by an average of 10 points go on to win a championship. So it doesn't change how I feel about Boston, but Golden State had been playing really well on the road. And some people are like, hey, look at the look at the Warriors winning again on the road. They've won like seven in a row on the road. So it's just a reminder of it's like Denzel said in training day. 
That day is dead, dog. We don't roll like that no more. That's the Warriors. The Warriors are not going to do anything of note when the playoffs roll around. It's also crazy to think that the Damian Lillard trade uh, likely would determine an NBA champion, but it would be the Boston Celtics because of the Bucks giving up Drew Holiday and Drew Holiday finding his way. And I'm not saying that Drew Holiday is the only piece because obviously Boston has been building, made it to the finals two years ago, but you had Porzingis, Derek White's played well. And they sure seem to be a juggernaut. Uh, that's where I. That's where I thought this sense was. That's the feel that I get on social media is that this was Boston's statement. If there was a way to make a, a statement, when they've already probably made statements throughout the first sixty games of the season, that this was the uh, the statement game to do so. I will just say this. This is just the. This is just the wet blanket, or you know, the dark cloud on a sunny day. Just make sure you don't peak too soon. That's the only yeah, that's hey. the only thing, right? Just yeah. don't peak too soon. And you know the other thing, Dan, I'll say it real fast, is you think about the Bucks. I think they're an interesting case study, if you will. It sounds very analytical. I don't mean to make it sound like right. that. But they crashed and burned against the Miami Heat. They lost in the first round when they had the best record in the East. And that was embarrassing. And they changed all this stuff around, right? They got rid of Bud. They got rid of Drew Holiday. They made the trade for Dame. And I get some of that because you got to keep Giannis happy. Giannis is like, I'm here as long as you basically do things to make us title contenders every year. So that was conditional love, if you will. So you got to keep Giannis happy. I get that. But there's something to be said for you don't have to just change and change and change. Look at them now. Are they any better? And I love Damian Lillard, but... You mentioned Drew Holiday. Their problems are on the defensive end. Drew Holiday is a magnificent defensive guard. Damian Lillard is not. Are they any better with Adrian Griffin after Bud? No, they fired him. Are they any better with Doc after Bud? I would argue not. So it's one of these things. It's not sexy to say, hey, let's run it back. Giannis was hurt for two and a half games in that first round loss against Miami, who made it to the finals. Right? Let's run it back. Let's retool a little bit. We don't have to make massive changes. It's not as sexy to do that, but you might be better off running it back instead of making huge changes. There, I don't think there was any way that they thought that Drew Holiday would end up in a Celtics uniform. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, because yeah. when you think about like what that would set up, and and lo and behold, uh, that's what ended up playing out. I do think they needed to make a change. Like something had to be done. You had to get better offensively, and this was a way for them to do it. It just came at the expense of of Drew Holiday. And to your point, yeah, they're kind of looking for that. You wonder if Patrick Beverly is going to provide that. I joked last week on the Doc Rivers haters as the Bucks went two and zero out of the gate. They've they're, they've won their last five. Granted, their games against the Bulls, they just beat the Hornets in back to back games. Now it gets tougher for them. But again, the way Boston's going, whether it's the Bucks, the Cavs, or whoever, uh, Boston's going to have on have it on cruise control. And the other thing that we know about this time of year, Brian, there are other teams that put it on cruise control that just want to end the season yeah. and and not win games. So you will get a lot of 10, 12 game winning streaks from certain teams because there are teams that just don't want to compete anymore. And this is where they they mail it in. The Wizards have lost fourteen in a row. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, there's a team. Memphis doesn't have much to play for. They've only lost five in a row, but how much are they going to be locked in for the rest of the year? This is where you start seeing longer winning streaks because teams would rather lose than win games. Yeah, that's true. And I, I'm impressed by a couple of teams that could be a little bit lethargic in the regular season. A team like Denver, 
They just won a championship, and yet they're tied for the best record in the West. They're 42-19, and 19, you know? Um, you think about – that's why I'm skeptical about a team like the Knicks, where I don't mean this as a negative, but they're a regular season try-hard team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they are focused. They bring – the intensity every night, Tibbs has got him ready. And that's not a negative. It's just when the competition ramps it up in the postseason and they're meeting your level, is there a drop-off with the Knicks? So I can't wait for the playoffs, man. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, Sixers got a big win today against the Mavericks uh, doing so. And Tyrese Maxey had to miss a little of it, and they didn't really even need him in the second half. But that's a good win, and there's hope that Joel Embiid could come back at the end of March. So a lot of NBA to talk about, but why not look ahead to the NBA draft? Because that's where LeBron James enters the conversation. Entered it when the tweet was sent out that ESPN was removing Bronny James from their 2024 mock draft. They included him as a second-round pick in the 2025 draft. And then LeBron came out with his uh, tweet supporting Bronny and, and what it was all about, contradicting everything that he had done over the last you know four or five months. We, we are able to move this story a little bit ahead because of what Adrian Wojnarowski said last night prior to the Lakers-Nuggets game that aired on ABC about Bronny James's future and how his future in college basketball may not be as long as some think. This was Woj on last night's broadcast. Holy guy, Tucker Rich Paul, the CEO of Clutch Sports, obviously LeBron James' agent. He will also be Bronny James's representative. And a couple things they're really going to look at when they make a decision about leaving school or returning for a sophomore year at USC. Number one, Rich Paul and, and LeBron James, Bronny James will be far less interested in how high he will be picked, but is the right team interested, the right developmental situation for him, uh, perhaps later on in the first round. But here's one thing that won't be a consideration, I was told by Rich Paul, the idea that he needs to play with LeBron James, uh, be on the same roster, play with him on the Lakers. That, as, he said, as Rich Paul said to me, if it organically happened, LeBron would be head over heels excited to play with Bronny. Uh, but in Rich Paul's words, LeBron wants Bronny to be his own man. And so uh, it'll certainly be something as we get further into the spring uh, and he's got a decision to make. You know, they'll have time to get a real sense of where they stand in the NBA for this 2024 draft. Uh, What a bunch of BS. And and I'm not saying that Woj is full of BS. It's just the stuff that's being being fed to him. Uh, This is this LeBron playing with Bronny dream is still alive and well and they can deny it and they can do what they want. But that whole conversation of what Woj was just saying that he had with Rich Paul yeah. just tells you, like, it it's never mattered on how good Bronny is, whether it be in a mock draft, whether it be how we watch him play at USC or what he was like coming out of Sierra Canyon. It's just all been the fact of how does this work in the James Gang plan of things? And, and the thing that shocked me about it, how many times, Brian, do we have guys who are second-round picks – being like, I, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about going pro, but I want to, I want to make sure that I find the right fit for me uh, with a draft pick. Well, how the heck do you know who's going to draft you? Exactly. Right. That's my whole thing. Yeah, it's like this statement is, I don't. This is from Rich Paul, you know, Bronny's agent. I don't value a young player getting into the lottery as much as I do getting him on the right team in the right developmental situation. That was the statement that you read, Dan, and it's like. You, this isn't USC. You can pick what college you want to go to. You can't pick 
Like, let's say, I don't know, for the sake of argument, the Orlando Magic are on the clock. And for whatever reason, you're like, no, 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 that's not a great developmental situation for Bronny. Well, if they pick you, that's where you're going. Yeah. Like, that's just how it goes. It's the draft. <laughs> so you, this would... idea, yeah, of like, you got to be in the right developmental situation. Yeah, if it just happens to fall that way and it works out, great. But you have no control over that. Which tells me that there's got to be something in the works with some NBA team. And, and, and then when you think about that, well, like what NBA team? Well, there's not many to choose from. Like when we think of like great NBA developmental teams, two come into mind, the Heat and the Spurs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like that, like that would be like, you would think like, okay, under Greg Popovich's wing, what could he do? Do you think that they really want to do LeBron a favor? No, I don't think, I, I think it would be tampering almost if you're consulting in a way of, hey, draft my guy in the second round so he can develop. Do you think the Miami Heat want to do LeBron a solid? I'm sure I don't Pat- think Pat Riley is no, yeah, just itching to do that. No, <laughs> absolutely not. No way in heck. But you had the Lakers sitting there with a second-round pick, and then you had the caveat like, well, hey, if things happen organically. So then yeah. this does set up. So then LeBron says, all right, Lakers, take my son in the second round, and then I don't have to opt out of my contract, and then I'll be in L.A., and it's a second-round pick, and I get to fulfill the dream of – playing with my son like it is yeah. it is such laying the groundwork of of trying to, to play this all out i i don't ever ever remember this scenario and i know Bronny is different but if he has developing to do in the transfer portal in college basketball maybe you would want to go and transfer to a different school where you feel like that coach could develop you as a player right right not right. be drafted in the second round by some nba team that you've already struck a side deal with like that is just right. it's weird and it's odd and there's just there's too many things to point that lebron is saying all right lakers you're gonna take them with a second round pick and we're gonna play together next season otherwise you know, i may have different plans i get dan that sometimes your tastes will change in your lifetime for instance an odd example but off the top of my head i used to hate when there was mayonnaise on my BLTs, okay? Mm -hmm. I used to scrape the mayonnaise off, like, oh, it's ruined the sandwich. After a while, I would forget to ask them to take it off, and I just got used to it, and my taste changed, and I'm okay with it now. Is that the same thing as LeBron, who initially is like, I definitely want to play with Bronny. I think that would be the coolest thing. And now his taste has changed to, ah, you know, I want him to be his own man. We don't necessarily have to play with each other, you know, on the same squad, right? Like, I just don't know what to make of that. Where is that what he truly feels? Or is this him coming to grips with, I really don't have any say in if that happens or not? It's hard to know exactly what he truly feels about that whole situation. I I think it's all BS. I think that he completely wants to play with Bronny. He doesn't want to make it seem, by the way, it is a very selfish thing. Like, we talk about LeBron wanting to play with Bronny. Is that Bronny's dream to play a season in the NBA with his dad? Is anybody you – know, like, maybe somebody has asked him. I, I I don't know, but it always seems like this was LeBron's dream yeah. to be able to do that and be able to to have that legacy. But I don't know if anybody has said, hey, hey Bronny, do you actually want to play hmm. a season with your pops in the NBA, or would you like to kind of carve out your own, you know, your own way? It's just – it's too odd, and there were just too many things that – with the the it's not it's not about like where he is it's where he can grow like what then you're gonna now spend time in the G League 
Is that what's going to happen? Are you going to go yeah. back and forth in the G League? Don't you think maybe another year in college would be better? You know, and his, his by the way, his finalists for for college, you know, his three finalists when he was choosing on where to go were USC that he ultimately picked. You know, why not? Mm-hmm. Close to home. Uh, Ohio State, obviously the bronze connections with Ohio, yeah. but they fired Chris Holtman this season. And Oregon, and you'd have to think that there was some sort of Nike connection in, in what Oregon has done. But Oregon's in danger of not making the NCAA tournament. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the you know UConn, Kentucky, you know, sort of like hey that that are bringing him in. All of these had like weird, I don't not weird, but angles that weren't necessarily about becoming the the greatest basketball player, right? Mm, yeah. You know, like like to go to Ohio State. There's obviously the connection of of LeBron being from there and staying at USC. Uh, you know, backyard. You're you're back home. But in terms of like improving, which makes which tells me another thing that there is it didn't matter on how good or how bad he was, that there is this plan in place that somehow is going to be manipulated so those two can end up playing together. And I just think it's very selfish on LeBron's part for doing it. And to to try to and I think they're gonna pin it on the Lakers because the draft comes before LeBron will make his decision on whether he wants to opt out of his contract. I mean, like those are the things that that we're gonna end up having to deal with in in June, and it really puts the onus on LA to end up making that draft pick in the second round when it comes to it if he ends up entering. Yeah, it makes me think of a couple of things. Where the first thing is with Bronny suffering that cardiac arrest. You know, that was last July, and that sidelined him for nearly five months. You know, so. How big of an impact has that had on his freshman season yeah. at USC? I, I think it has made a big uh, impact as far as that goes. So, yeah, maybe going back to USC for another year would be better for his all-around career. He's going to make that determination. Um, the other thing I think about is you think about um, Austin Rivers. He was on ESPN probably about a month ago or so, and he was talking about he hopes that Bronny goes to a different team than his dad, LeBron. Because of his experience, he said, when I was coached by my dad, Doc Rivers, it was not a great experience because of everybody having everything to say about, oh, it's just because your dad, blah, blah, blah. He was like, it could be a rough situation for Bronny. So I don't know what Bronny wants to do. I mean, to be fair, he might be like, that would be really cool. I don't know where he stands on that whole thing, but if that's not his desire and he feels like Austin Rivers did when he was coached by his dad, Doc, th- that would be a rough spot to be in. I mean, great. Yeah. Like, there are rougher spots to be in in life, but that's not an ideal situation if that's not what you want to sign up for. Again, LeBron's tweet that he deleted this uh, past week on, on last Monday was, can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? And and this message <laughs> yeah. is like, how soon can we get him out of college basketball and be drafted into the second round and progress by a team? Right, that's you know? right. And that was in January where he said he could play for us right now. And yes. it was like, wait a minute, so which is it? Are we just letting him be a kid? Or could he play for the Lakers right here, right now? Right, That just doesn't add up. The most popular second round pick that we've had in a long and again, I don't I, I don't put one ounce. I'm so glad Bronny James is healthy. I'm so glad that he's been able to resume his career. I just think he's been put into an unbelievably tough spot. But hey, he has been. Yeah. yeah. He has like this is no Joe Schmo that's your dad. LeBron's the only guy to get to forty thousand points. Yeah. It happened last night. And now you're 
You know, you're on the same squad. That that's not a, that it'd be like I think of uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and his dad. Remember that when they were sitting on the bench together. And there's that old clip, like not in high def, obviously. And it's like, wow, that was really cool. Yeah. The kid went on to be an all-time great. Ken Griffey Sr. was not an all-time great. LeBron, most people have him as the number two overall player in the history of the game. You know what I mean? So to be teammates with that guy, that's different than the Griffeys for sure. Yeah, yeah, because Ken Griffey Jr., Earned his way up there. And it's not that Bronny, you know, Bronny wouldn't have probably earned this spot, you know, for what, for, for where he is in his game right now. It just doesn't seem that it's, that it's earned Uh story that we will continue to follow, which by the way, almost hijacked last night's nuggets. Nobody's talking about the nuggets beating the Lakers again <laughs> and doing it like in normal fashion, like they did in the Western conference finals. We're talking about this. All right. He's Brian. No, I'm Dan Byer hanging out on a Sunday. Uh, Knicks and Cavs just getting underway. Did I see Jalen Brunson kind of uh, be a little iffy, Bo Benson, our executive yeah, producer? Yeah, he, he did uh, kind of look. I don't know what happened. I watched the play. He just went to shoot and landed awkwardly and got helped off the court. Yeah, okay, so, so keep an eye on that. Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, speculating an ankle injury, but we will keep you up to date of what is happening. Uh, big problems for one professional sports league. You have no idea the problems that they have incurred. He's Brian No, I'm Dan Beyer. That's next to your live from the Tyrac.com studios on Fox Sports Sunday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Brian No. Hanging out live for the Tyrac.com studios. It's a big weekend for us here at Fox Sports Radio as we welcome our new affiliate, the new 106.1, the ticket in New Orleans. So pumped to have them a part of our Fox Sports Radio family. Big thank you to market manager Pat Galloway and program director Jason Ginty. Love being on in New Orleans. The fan base that, you know, as you as you do this job, Brian, no, and you travel around and you see certain fan bases that you know will will travel Steelers, right? Packers, you know, if we're talking the National Football League. Super Bowl 44 in Miami. I'd been to New Orleans, and, you know, prior. But to be somewhere else and to be where the Saints were playing the biggest game in franchise history, I thought there would be a lot of Colts fans 
there in in Miami, dominated by uh, Saints fans, in my experience there, oh. and just a newfound appreciation. We had known everything that you know they had gone to or gone through with Katrina, and then, then the Saints coming back. But to see how passionate they were about yeah. that football team uh, uh, was something that I didn't realize until I saw it firsthand. So awesome so to be out of New Orleans. Totally. And I made it there a couple of times. I was there in 09, and it just happened to be their Super Bowl season. But I made it there, and uh, we went to a regular season game. We're just hanging out. There's actually a bachelor party that weekend. And it's nice. an awesome place to go for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we and as soon as I got there, I took the bus and – Everybody, the bus drivers talking to the people on the bus about the Saints. And I'm telling you, man, people say that the city cares. If you go there, they care on another level. It's like SEC college football level care for Houdat in New Orleans, man. So no doubt. By the way, a trivia question here with the bump back music. I know you're a big Ja Rule fan. Sure. Is that right there? Is that a Shanti yeah. with him as well, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, so he turned, he had a birthday last Friday. How old do you think Ja Rule is now? I'm going to say 49. That's a great guess. The guy's 48 years old. Wow, all right. <laughs> I was like, around my neighborhood. That's why yeah. I figured. I was blown away. I don't know why I thought Ja Rule was, I don't know, like in his early 40s or something. I was like, holy cow. And then I did the math, and I'm like, no, nah, that actually does make sense. That <laughs> It's for a little while ago. Uh, so. Well, a happy birthday to uh, one Ja Rule, who's, you know, he went through the whole Firefest, you know, crap. Then there was the Bucks halftime. A lot of a lot of great extra with, uh, with Ja Rule. <laughs> Speaking of extra, we're going to get to Monty Bolaños here in a second. You know, I mentioned earlier how I felt like celebrating LeBron's 40,000 point last night was kind of like hanging around that person that just loves to throw parties so they'll celebrate anything. Uh-huh. I kind of got that sense with Caitlin Clark today. The really? Pete, the Pete Maravich record. I never, I, I, yeah, like I just, I, I felt it was very manufactured. And one of the things that I loved about the Caitlin Clark story was how organic it was, was of just, you know, this, this transcendent player. I had, I, I couldn't have told you at the start of the year, Brian, if the, if the men's player or the woman's player was the all-time leading scorer in college basketball. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was Kelsey Plum. I didn't know if it was Pete Maravich. I, I wouldn't have known who had more points. So I, I know it was a mark today, but I just I just I felt like, you know, Monty used the squeezing of the orange. I felt like we squeezed a little bit too much out of this. It just didn't it didn't feel organic. Like the the all-time record, very or- organic for women's basketball. But I had never once compared what Pete Maravich did or what Kelsey Plum did or what the men's game did or the women's game of who had the most of anything. And I just, I, I felt that it was just, it was a little extra. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I watched it. I wanted to see what she broke the record on technical free throws at the end of the first half. But yeah, it just to me was what's so great about it is how organic it was. And I thought that today was just a little manufactured. I, I, she broke the mark. Yes, but it wasn't one that I thought. And by the way, none of it's her fault. It's everything that, yeah. that goes around. I just felt that it was a little manufactured. Interesting. No, I look, man, I think it's an amazing accomplishment, obviously. And I know you're not saying it isn't. Uh, that's not your point. I get your point. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if um, what can make it feel organic, you know, I guess would be the the question I would have is what could have helped that? 
You know, like what did they do that made it feel so manufactured to you? Yeah, that you know, and it's our network here, but Fox had the thing up in the bug. Travis Scott was there. They had the bug up, and you know, the countdown of it. But it just felt like another reason to 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 celebrate or to to tune us in. And if you're a network, you're doing that, obviously. But it just we knew that she was on the the cusp of breaking Kelsey Plum's record at the start of the year, just like we knew LeBron when he broke Kareem's record. You know, was on the verge of doing that. And so you're waiting for that that mark, and then this 40 comes along. It's like, well, why not just celebrate that? And I felt like that was like, well, then let's mm. just celebrate this, you know. And then you know, it was. I guess it was good to look back at Pete Maravich's time as well. Maybe that was a you know a good reminder uh, of it for what he did. But I think he had a lot of stupid conversations that end up coming from it yeah. as well. But it just seemed like it was the Kelsey Plum stuff was more organic for the, the women's game than just saying like now it's men's and women's because I never never compared the two I wouldn't have known who had more at the start of the season anyway so. I wonder if it's uh here's my birthday cake theory try this out Dan is do you think it has anything to do with LeBron getting to 40,000 points the night before you know what I mean like maybe you had some birthday cake and then the next day, hey, you want some more birthday cake? And it's like, I just had some. <laughs> sure. Is there anything like that going on here? And I didn't want birthday cake the night before. Like, I didn't care about LeBron's 40, <laughs> you know, thousand point threshold. I, I don't know. I just, uh, Monty Bolaños is here to give us an update to give us the latest. Did you feel it was all manufactured? Did you feel like there was like this threshold that was crossed today? I mean, I just hated that it was done on a free throw. And I, mm. I, I agree with you. I feel like it it didn't need to have that much attention. And once it happened, it would, could have just been said, oh, now she has the most out of anybody. Yeah. You know what? I get what you're saying in that aspect, uh, that it just so much attention was drawn to it. And I, I don't disagree with that. But I also don't think it's like necessarily a bad thing. We've never compared men and women, and I get that. But now she's the, the leading scorer in all of NCAA. It, and that's why I say it's the person who just wants to throw parties. Oh, she, it's flag day. Yeah, let's have a party. <laughs> why? It's flag day. It's an excuse to have a party. All right, go ahead. I you mean, know what? Yeah, I'm game. Me. I'll come over. I'll have some hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Me, for like sure. that, that's that's kind of like what I felt like. It was just like, well, let's just celebrate this. Yeah. Well, why? Well, why not? Good yeah. point. Let's do it. Let's. Yeah, I mean, you're not totally wrong in that. Since we started with college sports, we'll continue on in the men's side. Number three, UConn cruised past Seton Hall, 91-61, clinching its first outright Big East championship in 25 years. Now, softball. You, we all have heard of Oklahoma's NCAA Division One record 71-game winning streak. It ended today. What? Oh, yeah. Do we need to get Plank on the road? I know. I They're think so. I think so. Louisiana, visiting Louisiana, pulled off the 7-5 upset. So, Oklahoma's 71-game winning streak came to an end today. But, you know, South Carolina, back to the ladies' hoops, they completed their second straight perfect regular season with the victory today over Tennessee, 76-68. to Now, on to the NBA. I don't like that. I, what I'm about to tell you, Jalen Brunson seemed to have injured himself in a weird jump shot play. He needed help getting off the court and going to the locker room. It was one of those bizarre situations. It didn't look like anyone made contact with him. Oh, boy. Yeah. Don't want to speculate. No, I'm, you don't not, want to speculate. I'm not speculating. Yes. Oh, the internet is speculating. <laughs> Lots of them are speculating. And Tim, like, 2154 says. Yeah, Arnie Spanier is already like, oh, my God, <laughs> things can't get worse for my Knicks. Like, he's already thinking it's bad. But the Knicks are beating the Cavs right now, 22-17, late in the first quarter. The 
Spurs up on the Pacers late in the first quarter as well, 25-15. It's a tie game between the Hornets and the Raptors. They're tied at 60 halfway through the third quarter. The Magic extending their lead over the Pistons, 78-53 to halfway through the third as well. The games that have already finished in the NBA, Celtics crushing the Warriors, 140-88. to First team in NBA history to have three 50-plus point victories in a one regular season. So this is their third game this this year that they have won by 50 or more. Wow. Clippers edge the Timberwolves 89-88. 76ers held on to beat the Mavs in Dallas 120 to 116. Kyle Larson is your winner at the NASCAR Cup Series in Las Vegas. His third career win there. In the NFL, Joe Burrow spoke to ESPN and he's telling them that he thinks middle of May is when he's going to be completely cleared from that torn ligament that he had surgery in. It was a season-ending injury for him during week 11. So almost there. And I just saw that pro football talk is reporting the NFL's plan for an 18 game regular season is coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's been brewing a little it's bit. It's been yeah. brewing, so we're hearing more about it. And the new kickoff rule, apparently crafted by NFL special teams coordinators, would allow teams to attempt an onside kick only when trailing in the fourth quarter and require them to declare it in advance. That 18-game schedule wouldn't come until the new CBA, which is still uh, six years away. 2030 would be the season. But even Andrew Barry of the Browns, alluding to the trade deadline, was, I think, the, a point that Pro Football Talk made as well, of people feel that, yes, the 18-game schedule is coming. And then everybody can get their wish of having a day off after the Super Bowl because you'd have the President's Day holiday right. after that. Yeah, maybe the All-Star game in the NBA will just be done yeah, by then. Yeah, or that could be the halftime show for, <laughs> the, uh, for the Super Bowl then. There you go. <laughs> uh, back to you guys. Appreciate it, Monsi. It is uh, Fox Sports Sunday. Hit Brian up at the No Show. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. Uh, MLS running into a bit of a problem, Brian. No, that you uh, you know. <laughs> Listen, as a Seahawks fan, I am all for replacement refs, uh, but the MLS is a whole different animal on their uh, on their plate. Yeah, it's a weird story here. We're not going to break down you know MLS games left and right here, but they've got replacement officials right now. Remember the old fail Mary? Oh, yes. Between your Seahawks and the Packers there? Well, we've got replacement refs in MLS right now. And a story that that got some traction here is one of the replacement refs was replaced because photos started showing up on social media of the guy wearing an inner Miami jersey. <laughs> And so they're like, no, you can't ref oh. the inner Miami game yesterday against Orlando City because these pictures are floating around of you actually wearing inner Miami gear is how it works. And I get that. I understand that. But if you think about it, Dan, you could still be a fan and be unbiased as a ref. Uh, it'd be oh. like a, a sports radio talk show host like we have our favorite teams right do you think that we can't be so unbiased in talking about teams ever i sometimes think that if you're a fan of a team you're more critical of that team than yeah. maybe you would be because you you know them if you're a half glass empty guy like i am i sometimes feel like i'm more critical of my team than maybe i should be or i always look at the things that could go wrong with them however in this instance if you can directly help them, and by the way, they didn't need it. They won 5-0. So they did, they may, maybe that was part of the plan. Maybe the other guy was also a fan. <laughs> and, and and this is part of their uh, you know, their their misdirection. But I don't know any way. And and listen, it's not like they're a new or an old team. Right? Like where it was like, hey, 10 years ago, 
I had a, you know, I had a Steelers jersey when I was in college. Now I'm an NFL ref. You know, like yeah. still those optics would would not be good. But this is a newer team. Obviously, the flavor uh, of more than the flavor of the month uh, are Inner Miami. Yeah, you 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 just. You you would like to believe the guy, but there's no way that you could do it. Heck, yeah. we look we look out where refs are born in the NFL, like or in college football. Like, oh, the guy. Guess what? The guy was born in Upper Michigan. No wonder why the Wolverines right, got yeah. all the calls. <laughs> you know, we do that. Remember the uh, the no call in that Ram Saints NFC title game. I'll never forget heading into that game. Bill Vinovich was the lead ref, and the Rams were zero and eight in his games. And there was a petition floating around. All these people are signing it for Bill Vinovich not to ref that game because the Rams were winless. Wow. And then there's the no call that benefits the Rams when all these people are like, get him out of there. We don't want the guy. So, yeah, you can imagine how it would go if Bill Vinovich was like <laughs> wearing a Hoodat shirt or something like People would be going crazy. Oh, that's I did, I did not realize that. Because usually like, you would have that. Like we know that was Scott Foster. You know, like with the right. NBA and Chris Paul, like, but those things like aren't easily researched. Sometimes it's like, you know, a guy like Jerome Boger would throw so many penalties and if your team penalizes a lot, you're like, all right, I know we're in for a long game. But to have the Bill Vinovich Rams stat, I had no idea. That's news to me. That's pretty amazing. Well, hey, there, look, see, it didn't matter. But those are all-star crews as well. Yeah. So even the best missed calls, whether you're a fan or not. I will say this, the ref that made the call in the fail, Mary. Uh-huh. Uh, true story. He became uh, a insider of officiating for us at Fox Sports Radio. At no some point. kidding. One of our producers, no longer here, off the bigger and better things, uh, had this guy's number and would call him up and would be a guest on our shows. Yes, the That's guy who made. Cool, yeah. And as a Seahawks fan, by the way, I knew it was an interception, but I also knew I go. These guys don't know the rules. There's no way that they're going to call. They're going to say tie goes to the runner, offense gets it. So like I felt like I knew right away that they were going to win the game and sure enough when they looked at each other like touchdown? Yeah, it was a touchdown. It was uh, crazy because you had the two officials and they were each signaling different things. So I'm curious the guy that you had on the air, which signal was he going for? He was the one that did the that gave the touchdown. That okay. was the one because then he made a career out of it. Like he I yeah, you know, he would he, he profited off, which, by the way, he should have because he wasn't going to ref another game. Like, this was your moment in the sun. Make, you know, make uh, what you can of it. But, yeah, to have him come out as an expert of knowing the rules probably wasn't our best judgment. Oh, well. <laughs> but, hey, man, props to him. He parlayed <laughs> yeah. that into something bigger. That's great. Oh, uh, He's probably, no, I'm Dan Byer. We are live from the TireRack.com studios wrapping up this edition of Fox Sports Sunday. Coming up next, one prominent name in sports has taken a stand and he's not going to take it anymore we'll tell you what that is next on fox sports radio fox sports sunday i'm dan byer he's brian no wrapping things up hit him up at the no show you can find me at dan byer on fox speaking of uh of x formerly known as twitter johnny manziel took to twitter yesterday uh did you see he's got reggie bush's back brian i did see this yeah 
He uh, tweeted, quote, this is Johnny Manziel, you can back a Brinks truck up to my house and I still will not attend the ceremony or do anything involved until Reggie's Heisman Trophy is back where it rightfully belongs. This is about doing what's right for everyone involved. Reggie's play on the field inspired me to be the football player that I am. To the Heisman Trust, I hope you understand my positioning. You know that I have nothing but love and respect for that trophy and the people associated with it. It changed my life for the better forever. And I will be eternally grateful for that until my last day on this earth. The bond and the brotherhood means more than anything else. That's truly what makes the fraternity so special. Hmm. Peace. And then he tagged yeah. Reggie Bush in it. A little peace at the end there. I nice. just, <laughs> there are a couple of things with this. Um, for as great as I think that Johnny Manziel uh, was as a, a college football player and a, the year that he won the Heisman Trophy, Let's also be real. The Heisman Trophy, in reality, does not need Johnny Manziel. Right. It, it does not. And in fact, the Heisman Trophy probably didn't love it when Johnny Manziel was doing what he was doing yeah. throughout his NFL career or what he explained what he was doing now in his college career. I don't think that's representative of the Heisman. I also think that it is Johnny Manziel trying to get out in front of something. And it's not that he doesn't stand up for Reggie Bush and not that he doesn't want the Heisman. But I do think that there will be a time where Reggie Bush gets his Heisman back once we get all this NIL stuff cleared out. And and that's where I think it's also of the of the positioning of being out in front and taking the stand, but in reality, the Heisman Trophy is a great trophy. It doesn't need Johnny Manziel, and I just find it's an interesting stand to take for something that likely will come back to Reggie Bush at least at some point. It's going to take a lot more than Johnny Manziel for Reggie to get his Heisman back, you know? And yes. you explained some of the history there. When when Johnny Manziel has documented being on the take when he was at Texas A&M, you know? I, I don't know if that's the guy that you want taking sure. a stand <laughs> for <Sure>. him. <laughs> like, listen, I, I think Reggie should have his Heisman. Um, he accepted improper benefits when he was at USC. And in that day and age, it was a no-no. So I think he should. But it's an interesting conversation, Dan, where some of it I think is – Reggie Bush was speeding when the speed limit was uh, at a different speed that time. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. let's say you're speeding. Let's say you're going uh, 80 in a 60-mile-per-hour zone, and you get a ticket. Well, like years later, they raise the speed limit. Are they going to mail you back the money you were fined? Probably not. No, yeah. they're not. Oh. So even though NIL has changed and things are different now, it wasn't different back then. So... I could see them sticking to their guns. Johnny tweeted within the past hour on how the last two Heisman winners, Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams, made $12 million combined last year. And again, that's under the new image of the yeah. NIL. But you know who also is not going to like stand up? Like Johnny Manziel, I think, is okay in terms financially of, of where he is. But the, the Heisman is the defining moment of, you know, someone like Eric Crouch, right? Those, you think Gino Toretta's not going to, you know, attend the Heisman stuff or use to his benefit to stick up for Reggie Bush. No, it's not good. It's not going to happen. Like, you know, Johnny Manziel doesn't need to. And there are other Heisman trophy winners that probably don't need to, but there are a lot of other guys that are like, all right, I, I, I can't take the stand with you because that's how they're known. That's how they're forever going to be known. Right. Yeah. And, uh, listen, uh, it's who would have the most cachet? You know what I mean? It's not Johnny, but what former Heisman winner, if he were to say, I'm not attending until you do right by Reggie Bush. 
Who would have the most influence? I would. I, I honestly, I would think like it would be a recent one if they weren't playing in the National Football League. But uh, you know, gosh, Bo Jackson. You think? I, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, I, wouldn't it be Cam after the seven on seven fight. No. <laughs> oh, that would no, no. I'll tell you, Archie Griffin. You take the two timer. You know, you yeah. go old school to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe. That, I think that would probably the short be the list. one. Yeah. All right, Brian. This is fun. Let's do it again soon. For Brian, yeah, no, man. I'm Dan Beyer. It's been Fox Sports Sunday at Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.